I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is, is Voldemort a virgin? Hi listeners, I'm Jem, and this week I'm arguing that yes, Voldemort is a virgin. And I'm Rhea, and this week I'm arguing that Voldemort isn't a virgin. So, um, for the purposes of this episode, I think we both said it before, that the cursed child isn't canon, but we should re-emphasize... <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> we should re-emphasize that the cursed child is thrown off a waterfall and onto a cactus and is irrelevant to us and doesn't matter. I love that you just swooped in there and immediately <laughs> removed my trump card because, of course, I could just point at Cursed Child and be like, well, he has a child, so, you know, obviously. No, I mean, you yourself have been an adamant attacker of the Cursed Child <laughs> and saying that it isn't canon, so I can't really I believe have. that you would admit that Voldemort is a virgin purely because it's said in that trash that he had an illegitimate child with Bellatrix Lestrange, who turned out to be emo queen Delphine. <laughs> <laughs> Never underestimate how unscrupulous I can be. I can and will use the cursed child to back up my argument, <laughs> even though it is a trash play. Oh dear. Anyway, do you want to get started with the real argument? Yeah. So going off what we know about Voldemort from the seven original texts and I suppose the eight movies... My first argument, Voldemort cannot feel love. Now, of course, you don't need to love someone in order to have sex with them. I'm not a prude. But Voldemort didn't just not feel love. He didn't feel any sort of compassion or relatability or empathy to other human beings. So he intimidated his friends and bullied others. Tom Riddle isn't the sort of person that's easy to like get along with or even <laughs> see eye to eye with <laughs> because he's like not even a human person. And I wouldn't want to have sex with him. I wouldn't even want to have a conversation with him. <laughs> so I can't imagine that he ever lost his virginity. <laughs> Sorry. It makes me laugh every time. Okay. You wouldn't want to have sex with him. That's fine. I am also of that opinion. <laughs> but there are people who would. It's inarguable that... On the not-Voldemort side of the relationship, there will be people who would want to sleep with him. Like, both when he's Tom Riddle and later in life. So it's just a matter of figuring out if if he would want to, basically. (laughs) And I have more to say on that. I have a lot of thoughts on this. So, Voldemort regards human connections like friendship or love as a weakness. And so he wouldn't want to have sex because he would see that as a, as a weakness. People have sex primarily because it's a pleasurable thing to do. But Voldemort 
gets pleasure out of killing. The way that the scenes described where he's killing someone or he's causing someone pain are extremely sexual. It's weird. So, like, JK will focus on his long fingers, his silky voice, that his nostrils will, like, flare with ecstasy and all this sort of stuff, that he caresses his wand. It's weird. And it's possible that the act of killing and causing harm to others is the only thing that gives him true sort of pleasure, a pleasure that we might call a sexual pleasure. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so I definitely agree that he derives pleasure from killing. But... I think that it's possible that, like, when he was an adolescent at Hogwarts, he could have not been interested in, like, love or intimacy or anything like that, because as we know, he's incapable of love. Yeah. But still been interested in trying to have, like, some kind of physical connection with another person, not out of interest in that person, but just, like, to experiment and see. What evidence do we have of that? <laughs> well, what evidence do we have against it? <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, you were talking about when he was a teenager, right? In Hogwarts? Yeah. So Voldemort, at that time in his life, was very obsessed with his quest for immortality even then. He, like, had the ideas that he was better than other people and that he deserved better, so he would conquer death. And so he was coming up with the ideas of the Horcruxes and asking advice about that, etc., building his sort of, like, posse. So I would think that for him, the idea of having sex with anybody would be like a distraction from his mission towards immortality and power. Mm -hmm. And it could be a way for someone to expose or betray him. I don't know about that. I, (laughs) I guess I just, I don't like the idea that Voldemort was an absolute monster from the moment he was born until the moment he died. And there was never any like, a gradual ramping up of his darker qualities to sort of take over him as a person. I don't like the idea that he was always just the worst person to ever exist to the point at which he had no humanity at all. We know that when he was in Hogwarts, he always had friends and admirers and stuff like that. And even if like he didn't sort of have a real genuine connection with them, I still think that it's possible that he could have enjoyed some of their company at some level Uh, (laughs) uh, I mean it's difficult to say because we never truly get the series from Tom Riddle's perspective but I mean Dumbledore (laughs) said Voldemort never had his true friend in his life and the way that you describe friends are basically people that he intimidated Mm. And I understand what you're saying, how it's a black and white viewpoint to see Voldemort as just purely evil and has been evil for his whole life. Voldemort, like when we first meet him as this vulnerable, angsty, rage-filled little orphan child, he's not as evil as he is maybe five years later or 10 years later, 50 years later. Of course not. Mm -hmm. However, if we're looking at the ages from when he is sexually active, so I'm going to say 16 because that's the legal age of consent here in Australia to when he dies i just don't think that he had sex Mm -hmm. because of like he'd just gone too far (laughs) his sort of sense of humanity and empathy and relatability to other people was gone at that point and he had no desire to really have sex with anyone because he was too busy hunting horcruxes and murdering people okay so we know that when 
he left Hogwarts, he was very, very handsome and very charming and very manipulative. Yeah. And we see that in the memory of Hokey the house elf when mm-hmm. he's with Hepzibah Smith. Yeah. When he's with her and she's showing him the Hufflepuff cup, he's very, very flirtatious with her. I think that it's not outside of the realms of possibility that he would be above sleeping with someone purely to manipulate them. Possibly with her, possibly with others that we don't see in the book. That's an interesting connection. However, I don't think that he would sleep with someone just to manipulate them when he can easily manipulate them just with his natural charm and demeanor. Mm-hmm. Also magic. And with magic, I think if, if he was manipulating someone, for example, with his charm and his attractiveness, and then it got to the point where the, the other person made it clear that they wanted to sleep with him, I think that he would use magic or some other sort of coercion or express his power to actually manipulate them further and like just force them to give them give him what he wanted rather than having sex with them in order for them to give him what he wanted. Mm, that's true. I kind of agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I also think that Voldemort, he's sort of disgusted by the idea of sex. I think that he... <laughs> He'd be disgusted at the idea of being physically intimate with anybody. When he described Snape's attraction to Lily, he said that Snape wanted to mate with her or something like that. Like his whole idea of... (laughs) of, I know, it's gross. His whole idea of people being physically intimate is like so foreign and removed from his own (laughs) worldview that he uses the word like mate. It's just gross. It's like sex for him is like an act of lesser creatures like animals. Sex, obviously, is a normal act, and Voldemort, he sees himself as better than and above normal humans. So I don't think that he would, in his mind, I don't think that he would debase himself by having sex with anyone, even if it was to manipulate them. That's a really good point. (laughs) You've got some really good arguments, and I've just sort of got like, you know, he was hot, like, (laughs) maybe he banged someone, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, yes, lest we forget, Harry... Dumbledore, Hepzibah Smith, even Hokey the house elf was like, damn, the boy got game. Like, <laughs> Tom Riddle was an attractive guy. Mm. But looks aren't everything, you know? <laughs> the base ability to connect with other human people is also pretty important when it comes to sex. Yeah, pretty <laughs> important. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I've pretty much gone through all of my points because my argument was flimsy at best. All I've got left is, like, fan works. Okay. Voldemort, the way that he views his body, this is, like, a bit of a metaphysical thing, I guess, mm-hmm. but an abstract idea. The way that he views his body is, like, an is very egotistical and perverse. So he sees his body as a tool to which he can add more strength and wield more power, not as, like, a, a sexual entity or being at all. So... He doesn't want to, like, share his body with anybody else. Like, he treats his body almost like an experiment in the way that he cuts up his soul, he devotes himself to the act of creating horcruxes. When he loses his body after the night in Godric's Hollow, and, like, it's like this weird wraith ghost going from snake to snake and all this sort of gross stuff. And then he, when he reclaims it again in the fourth book, it's very much about, I want to get a body that will give me more power. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never really got the sense that he wanted to get his body back so he could, like, you know, feel and eat and drink and indulge in the pleasures of life. It was always more like, 
I need a physical form for the purposes of destroying my enemies and taking over the world because I need that yeah. power that comes from being physically present in the world, not the um, yeah joy of living. Like a ghost misses its body because it misses being able to eat and touch things and things like that. But Voldemort just missed his body because it was a tool for him in order to weaponize himself and to like be strong and powerful. Yeah. Because without his body, he can't take over the world. Hmm. Or it would be much harder as a weird wraith snake jumping ghost thing. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? I said my thoughts. I've been talking to you the whole time. You've basically just been agreeing with me. I have. I've, I don't have any more counter arguments. As I said, my entire pro Voldemort not being a virgin argument is just like, he was hot, you know, he was really handsome, he was really charming, he had lots of friends and admirers. I think it's possible that he could have banged someone, and I've said that already, so there's only so many ways I can say that. <laughs> okay, well, the argument could be made that Voldemort had a desire for an heir. Some people have made that argument. Some people who wrote a very shit play. Some people, like Thorne and Tiffany, have made that argument. I would say no, because the Voldemort that we see in the seven books and the eight movies, he's extremely arrogant, and his idea of immortality is by ripping his soul apart and putting them in these cold plastic or metal objects. Mm-hmm. His idea of legacy is to build these horcruxes, these cold, detached things, rather than living flesh and blood. I think that he would see himself as too arrogant, too far beyond removed human beings to actually consider, oh, maybe I could just have an heir who could carry on my name and my mission. No, I've got to... You've got to do something right, you've got to do it yourself. (laughs) Well, his whole deal is that he's pursuing immortality. The very idea that he would want to or need to create an heir is counterintuitive to his entire life's mission. Mm -hmm. If he creates an heir, he's basically admitting to himself, well, I'm not going to live forever and I need someone to take over for me. He believes he will live forever. And if he does live forever and he has an heir, then he's just created a challenger to his power. Why would he ever do that? Yeah, Voldemort doesn't want to have a kid. (laughs) Yeah, basically, those are all my arguments. I'd just like to finish off with a quote from Dumbledore. Voldemort's soul was so ripped apart that it was beyond repair. Voldemort never knew how to love. So, that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) And then my last questions to you are, who would Voldemort have sex with? Okay. Why and how? How? (laughs) Do you want me to go through the mechanics of it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because honestly, I think he was so far removed from any sort of relatability to human beings and human empathy that I don't see that the way that he would have sex would be anything that I can comprehend. (laughs) All right. I don't know. This is for you to argue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's such a, that's, that question's really thrown me. Let's, let's get back to the beginning. Uh, Who would he have sex with? Okay, so <laughs> now let's dive into the world of fan fiction. Please don't say Harry. Please don't say Harry. 
Ding, 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 ding. Anyway. Oh, no. When I was talking earlier in the episode, I said something along the lines of, it's inarguable that there are people who would want to have sex with Voldemort. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Primarily in canon, that would be Bellatrix Lestrange, who is shown throughout the series to be completely obsessed with him. And J.K. Rowling actually described that as obsessive love and sexual attraction. So we know that she does have an interest in Voldemort sexually. Whether or not he ever did anything about that (laughs) is up for debate. (laughs) I know, gross. (laughs) I I physically am repulsed. (laughs) (laughs) I think it wouldn't be unreasonable to assume that they might have slept with each other. Other potential candidates for Voldemort to sleep with would be uh, Hebsbaugh Smith, as I've said, and various unnamed people from his Hogwarts days and the period of time between when he'd left Hogwarts and when he'd actually started making a bid for the status of Dark Lord. Yeah. That in-between stage when he was working at Borgen and Burks and doing other stuff. So that's inside canon. When we look at fan works... People are very obviously into the idea that Voldemort is having sex with various other characters. Tom Riddle slash Harry Potter is one of the top 10 most popular Harry Potter ships on AO3. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, AO3 is Archive of Our Own, which is a massive collection of fanfiction and various other fan works for anyone who's unfamiliar. Uh. I hate it. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> no, blacklist. Yeah, I agree. Other popular pairings with Tom Riddle. Do you want to see if you can try and guess these? Okay, I'm going to see if I can try and guess. Let me see how many there are. We've said Harry Potter. Yeah. Aside from that, there's eight. There's eight others. And I'll give you, say, ten guesses. Right, okay. I'm going to go with uh, Voldemort and Hermione. Yep, that was the next one. I hate it. Oh, um, Voldemort and Snape? Nope, not there. Oh, thank God. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I feel relieved or, like, <laughs> sad that I got it wrong. Um, Voldemort and Dumbledore? Nope, not there. Okay. All right. Voldemort and Filch? Nope. Why are you guessing all these awful characters? <laughs> <laughs> Why would Voldemort have slept with Filch? Why is that your guess? I mean, here's a squib. It could be like a hate fuck. I don't know. Um. <laughs> Voldemort's into squibs? Just, what sort of dark sexual energy are you interpreting between Tom Riddle and Filch? <laughs> oh, okay. Voldemort and Slughorn, I guess. They had an interaction once, so people could distort that. No. <laughs> Thank God. Another wrong one. You've only guessed Hermione correctly so far. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> Draco. No. <laughs> oh my God. Also no. You're all throwing me. How many guesses have I had? <laughs> we have done six so far. <laughs> I know where your mind's going. I'm going to explain what you're thinking and what's actually the case after we've done this, because I know exactly what's going through your head. Okay, so I've got... Four guesses left. Four more guesses. Okay. Uh, Lucius? No, there's no Lucius. Three guesses to go. Okay. 
So three, three guesses. Uh, I hate it. Ron? No. My God, are there any characters left? Um, <laughs> yeah, this, uh, you haven't guessed the most obvious one. The one that I said earlier when I was talking. I said Harry. Yeah, no, not Harry. The other one. Bellatrix, of course. Yes, Bellatrix is there. Okay, <laughs> okay cool. One last guess. <laughs> Dobby. No. <laughs> well, now all the listeners know about what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Dobby. Oh, God. Niche, niche stuff. Creature would have made more sense. Oh, uh, yeah, creature. When did Dobby and Voldemort ever meet? <laughs> Hey, I'm just going into the world of fan fiction here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's become obvious that you don't know fan fiction. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. No offense to any of our listeners who ship Voldemort with various people. You can do whatever you want, and I 100% support your ability and interest in anything you like. Yeah. Yeah. You do you guys. It's just, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to make a big sweeping statement at the moment and say that most of the shipping of Tom Riddle with various other characters is on the trashier end of the fanfiction spectrum. <laughs> because there is a clear... <laughs> there's trash fanfiction and then there's like amazing high quality fanfiction and there's a huge big... It's such like a wide spectrum. Mm. And... <laughs> On the more, the better side of fanfiction, you have what Jem was going for, where you have characters that interact with each other, that have some sort of connection that isn't fully explored in the actual text that you might want to look at more closely. Like, I don't know, what did you say? Tom Riddle and Horace Slughorn? Yeah, and I said Dumbledore and um, Snape and stuff like yeah. that. Dumbledore, that would have been better. Yeah, those are all people who met Voldemort, interacted with him, had some kind of relationship with him and you could explore a different element to that relationship in fan fiction. Maybe there was some kind of like one-sided romantic thing. Maybe they had a sexual encounter, that kind of thing. I can see you wincing. <laughs> I'm going to move to the trashier end of fan fiction would be not things that are present in the text, but fantasies that the reader wants to play out which is also fine. This is okay, and I support it 100% in fanfiction. So I'm ready to be shocked. <laughs> fantasies that the reader <laughs> might want to play out would be more things like, I don't know how to explain it without being awful. A sort of power battle? I want to say more like the sort of trope of, you know, there's a strong, dark, handsome man and a helpless, vulnerable woman. And they end up together and she saves him or he seduces her or it's all very dark and blah, blah, blah. That's the kind of... Oh my God. I totally forgot about Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. He went back in time <laughs> to save everyone by seducing Voldemort. How could I forget? <laughs> yes, of course. So, the, so you guessed Hermione Granger and Bellatrix Lestrange. Here's the other characters. Moaning Myrtle. Wow. The girl that he murdered. Did not expect that. His first victim. <laughs> Jeez. Uh... Ginny Weasley. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
the person who was brainwashed and manipulated by his Horcrux for an entire year. Oh, that's terrible. Tom Riddle. <laughs> Wait, what? Tom Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I fully support it. I fully support Voldemort fucking himself. That's the only way he could not be a virgin. That's another, a whole other realm of fanfiction that I haven't touched on. But you can have ships that ship characters with themselves. It's really easy when there's some kind of divide in the character. Like, for example, you could ship Tom Riddle with Voldemort. Yeah. And there's time travel, and there's all kind of ways that could happen physically, or it could be more of like a metaphysical type thing. Anyway, let's not go too deeply. It's like how it's like, oh, your father Anakin Skywalker was killed by a man called Darth Vader. It's like, yeah, okay, I see what you did there. Yeah. But was he really killed by him? Or are they the same fucking person? Spoiler alert. (laughs) Pansy Parkinson. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, someone that, as far as we're aware, Voldemort has never met. But, you know, she's the Slytherin girl, so. Original female character. (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. Which I wasn't expecting you to guess. But is pretty obvious. A self-insert. And Rita is the next one. Another trope that I wouldn't expect you to have guessed unless you're quite familiar with fanfiction. But you get stories that are written, like, in the second person, as if you, the reader, are a character in the story. Oh, okay. So you get things like, um, uh, Tom Riddle looks at you across the candlelit dinner table. (laughs) Did you enjoy our first date, he says to you. No! (laughs) You smile and nod. (laughs) Yeah, that's the sort of thing. Like a choose-your-own-adventure, but dirty. <laughs> dirty and you don't get to choose. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> dirty and you don't get to choose. That sounds like Voldemort having sex. <laughs> oh, God. God. One that I was really surprised wasn't there was Quirrell. Oh, yeah. Quirrell, I would have thought, would make the most sense. That makes sense. and Especially the whole very Potter musical element as well. Yeah, they end that story as a gay couple who has adopted a daughter. Amazing. That is, I support that 100%. <laughs> oh, I'm so there for Quirrell and Voldemort in a very fun musical. <laughs> yeah, those characters are great. But as I said, this is a judgment call and you can 100% argue with me, but I would lean towards anyone who's shipping Voldemort with various people, probably more on the trash side of fandom. I would imagine that the Quirrell and maybe the Bellatrix of Strange, maybe even the Harry type uh, ships and fanfiction would be more on the other side of fanfiction where there's a more like a deeper exploration of their relationship. The ones that are like Hermione Granger, Moaning Myrtle, Ginny Weasley, Pansy Parkinson. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, guys? Come on. Yeah. Ginny Weasley really upsets me in a way that I can't fully describe. It's like it's like if you shipped a It's awful. If you shipped a online predator with a with his victim. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. With his eleven year old victim. I'm assuming I I don't know because I haven't looked, but I'm assuming that most of these fanfictions go somewhere along the line of Ginny grew up and when she was sixteen, seventeen plus, she's like, you know what, I've never felt as complete whole understood as I did when I was 11 and Voldemort was in my brain though maybe I should now seek him out as an adult and we can have a real equal relationship but not really 
I don't know. That's where I'd go with it if I was writing something like that, but I never would. <laughs> Uncomfortable. <laughs> Welcome to the world of fanfiction. <laughs> Any more thoughts on that? I mean, I'm surprised that the whole Ginny thing, I've seen an argument before that because there was a part of Voldemort living in Harry, if Harry and Ginny had had sex in sixth book, Voldemort would have been there. Oh, I know. In that way, Voldemort did have sex. And I, and I honestly felt like retching. That's pretty bad. I know, yeah. That's just bad to think about. That makes me very upset. <laughs> mm, that's pretty awful. Oh, okay. Wow, he just blew my mind with that. So that's it on my collection of thoughts about Voldemort and his sexual adventures. Okay, so you've answered who would Voldemort have sex with. Oh, that's right. Sorry, we were doing your questions. Yeah. Why would Voldemort have sex? I completely forgot about that. Okay, so why would Voldemort... I need you to answer me. (laughs) I need an answer. Why would Voldemort have sex with Harry Potter? With Harry Potter? Don't... I mean, I'm just going through the list. Oh, Oh, no. Do we have to do all the food on the list? (laughs) Why would Voldemort Harry Potter? Why would Harry Potter be willing to have sex with Voldemort is another question. I don't imagine that he would be. (laughs) Not in canon. Yeah, that's the thing with, like, all of these characters that you listed besides Bellatrix. Yeah. I don't think any of them are willing partners, and that's even more disturbing. In the stories, I don't doubt that they are. Oh, of course. They would be. But the characters that we know from canon and the way they would behave in canon doesn't. Okay. You've asked me a question that I can't answer, Gem. I don't know why Harry and Voldemort would sleep with each other. I've never thought about it other than, like, the horrified discovery of a fanfiction when I was, like, maybe 14. And then I read and immediately expunged from my memory. The reasons why I think that Voldemort would have sex with someone are the things that I've been saying the whole episode. Um, Maybe when he was an adolescent as some kind of, like, experimentation, the same way that anyone does, to manipulate someone to cause someone to feel a connection to him that he doesn't necessarily reciprocate. For example, Bellatrix. Right. Like, to keep Bellatrix... Loyal. ...as obsessed with him as she always was. Yeah, loyal. The only other reasons I'm coming up with now are, like, fanfiction tropes, like, I don't know, sex pollen. What? For some kind of ritual. What? (laughs) Oh. I I shouldn't just say things. Assume I don't know anything about fan fiction because i don't (laughs) yeah sex pollen is a fan fiction trope where it's like in the original there's some kind of flower and it blooms or whatever and you breathe in its pollen and it makes you like incredibly horny and basically unable to not have sex with people so you would be somewhere and you would breathe in this pollen and then two people would be like oh now we're definitely going to have sex the end that's happening a variation on that in the Harry Potter universe. That's like Mid- Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, is it? Okay, well, maybe it comes from Shakespeare then. <laughs> Shakespeare influencing culture. Whatever. In the best ways. <laughs> Shakespeare, Star Trek, they're basically the same. <laughs> A variation on that in the Harry Potter would be some kind of love potion mishap. Yeah. Imagine Hermione Granger and a young Tom Riddle are in the same potions class for some fucking reason. <laughs> And they're making a love potion. And then, oh no, it accidentally spills on both of them. Oh, what will we do now? Bang. The end. 
those are fanfiction tropes, though. That's not something that happened in canon. No, luckily for me. <laughs> yeah. So has that has that adequately answered your question on why, or do I need to keep fumbling my way through this? I mean, I did have one last question. Yeah, how? I. <laughs> what do you mean, how? <laughs> I mean, this was under the assumption that I was talking about before where Voldemort's idea of like physical intimacy and the body is just so far removed from humanity that I can't even picture him having sex at all. Like, I just can't do it. It just doesn't compute in my brain. Mm -hmm. But your thoughts? Okay. Well, my thoughts is if Voldemort had sex, it was when he was younger and when he was more human. And... The normal human way is basically how I would say that he had sex. Basic. (laughs) If you fast forward to when he's that terrifying snake demon who's completely devoid from all humanity, love, empathy, blah, 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 and then be like, he was banging people then and how would he do it? I don't know. I Some kind of fucked up thing. (laughs) Please... Please don't make me think about this and try and say my thoughts out loud because we're going to go to a really weird place and our parents listen to this podcast. Jem, our parents listen to this podcast. I will make you think about this because you decided to be on this side of the debate. My job is to say that Voldemort is a virgin and has never touched another person in his life and your job is to say that no, he's, he's had sex before. Okay, we're exclusively talking about Voldemort having sex with humans. Mm-hmm. Oh, but as God. We know, oh, no. Oh, no. Ah! Okay, as you were saying, Voldemort becomes this terrifying snake monster. Like, his face goes, he loses all his hair and, he, and his eyes turn red and his face looks like a horrific nightmare. So, yeah, it's hard to imagine that. Mm-hmm. And also, it's not just the way he looks, he's a shitty personality as well. It's hard to imagine a person might want to fuck him. But there may be some magical creatures that want to fuck him. Oh, okay. Because thank God, Harry Potter is a world where magical creatures and humans can fuck, and that's fine. That's fine. So, given that, what magical creatures do you think might want to fuck Voldemort? Okay, when you f- <laughs> the reason why I started screaming when you started talking about this is because I thought you were going to say Nagini. Oh my god, no! Get your mind out of the gutter! I know. Well, when you said, like, we're talking about human beings, I'm like, oh god, are we going into animals now? What's happening? <laughs> no, okay, I forgot. There's other <laughs> there's other options in Harry Potter. Oh, oh that was a scary time, Gem. I didn't know where, what was happening. Okay, <laughs> other magical creatures that might want to bang Voldemort. Um, not centaurs, because... They talk about him as, like, an evil presence in their forest, and they hate it. Yep. Think we can rule them out. Maybe a mermaid? I don't know. <laughs> a viola? Um, the Shape of Water 2017. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ah. God, I'm excited Terrible. for that movie. I'm so excited Same. for that movie. Holy shit. <laughs> anyway. Dementor, a giant. I'm just listing the, <laughs> the various creatures. I why would Voldemort want to bang a magical creature? Yeah, I mean, any more so than he would want to bang a human. I, I I'm not supposed to answer that. You are. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, 
the reasons that I might imagine a person would want to bang a magical creature would be some kind of interest in that creature's physical form. So, like, I don't know, you're just really into mermaids or whatever. Or, like, a genuine love and connection with the actual person mm -hmm. that is that that just happens to be a centaur or whatever. Those are the two reasons. There might be other reasons. I don't know. Maybe it's just fine to bang centaurs. <laughs> Maybe that's just A-OK. -okay. I mean... And there's no judgment. It seemed fine for... Pavati Patel to be attracted to Firenze Centaur. Like, the only person that thought that was a bit odd was Hermione. But she's a Muggleborn. <laughs> so she might be, like... Mm, it, yeah, that's her Muggle way. Hugely ingrained in the wizarding culture. Ron also thought it was weird, but I think it was more that he was mocking Pavati for having a crush on a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Than having a crush on a horseman, which is very strange. We are definitely going to need to do an entire episode <laughs> on interspecies romance in Harry Potter, because it's it's a minefield. Oh, yeah. It's a wild card. Oh, a vampire! Hey! A vampire! That makes sense. You give him the suck. Oh, God. <laughs> Why did you say that? <laughs> Why didn't you? It's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> it wasn't for me. I was thinking maybe as some kind of, like, political maneuver. Because we know that Voldemort was very about getting all of the dark creatures on his side. And we don't know much about vampires in the Harry Potter universe. But, I don't know, maybe he banged one so that all of them would join him. That, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> fanfiction ideas from Rhea. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like a fanfiction. <laughs> I don't know, Jem. I feel like I've aged like 25 years just talking about this. Can, can we stop? Can we stop talking about this? Can I change the subject? Yeah, go. Okay, good. I have at the bottom of my notes a list of other suspected virgins that I thought you might like to weigh in on. First of all, before you get in on that, I'd just like to say one thing. When I was doing my research for this episode, which wounded me, there was a lot of talk of like Voldemort being aromantic or asexual, and I hate that because there's this common... Yeah trope i'm just gonna go on a bit of a rant here in fantasy literature and sci-fi literature to cast two types of characters either evil never knowing love kind of characters like voldemort or super intelligent detached from humanity kind of characters like spock as asexual or aromantic or both and i think that that can be quite damaging to the ideas of what an asexual or aromantic person is and it's also just a sort of a yeah. naive stereotype for those romantic associations of sexuality so i think that that needs to stop <laughs> yeah it's like saying that the dark lord who is unfeeling and hates humanity and wants everyone to die is an aromantic asexual it's like can you kind of see how that's a bad thing to mm. do <laughs> it's equating love and sex with human connection and only romance yeah it's so it's saying yeah. that if you don't feel romantic feelings oh god what am i trying to say if you don't experience romantic or sexual attraction it's saying that if you don't feel romantic love or sexual attraction then you don't feel love mm -hmm. or attraction to other people at all yeah and that's not true because there's many different kinds of love and many yes. different kinds of attraction yeah and so yeah if you don't experience romantic attraction then you are not human basically is what it's saying yeah because JK has said that Voldemort is incapable of love because he was conceived under the effects of a love potion. 
which by the way i mm-hmm. hate speak terrifying because it means that he was born yeah. a monster and it was inescapable and there was nothing that he could do to save himself at any point yes like he could never just choose to be a better person it's terrifying anyway yeah so he's incapable of love but that doesn't mean that he's a romantic no it means that he cannot feel the human emotion of love he's unable to empathize with other people mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that he has no it does mean that he has no romantic feelings but it's not equatable to the human sexual or romantic orientation a romantic mm. because if you are a romantic you can still love people you can still love your friends your family your pets i don't know other things <laughs> what are the other things that people love books i don't know whatever <laughs> breaking news if you're asexual aromantic or both you aren't an evil character who's trying to take over the world or a character so far removed from humanity that they just talk like a robot yeah controversial statement but i'm making it <laughs> like a literal alien that doesn't feel human emotion <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's a really good point, and I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Just while we're dropping truth bombs, I also wanted to clarify that while we are, like, poking fun at Voldemort, and this is just a stupid conversation that we're having because we think it's funny, I wanted to say that (laughs) virginity is 100% a social construct. It is completely meaningless. It has no value. Yeah. Being a virgin isn't something that we are trying to mock. and it's not a reflection of character whether or not you have had sex with another person. No. That's all. I just thought it was an interesting question because when you actually think about his characterization and his plot, it's like, oh, maybe he actually never did have sex. And that sort of like leads you to imagine mm-hmm. what sort of life did he actually lead? Did he ever actually connect with another human person in any way, not just sexually? Yeah, that was more what we wanted to talk about. And we're doing it in a very jovial sort of way. But I just wanted to make sure that our listeners understood that, like, neither of us are mocking the idea of people not having slept with other people. Like, it's no one's fucking business what you do with yourself or others. And it doesn't mean anything. In fact, JK's comment um, when someone asked her, is Voldemort a virgin? Was like, oh, can't he have any privacy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which I thought was quite classy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was good. (laughs) Do we want to explore my (laughs) list of other suspected virgins? Right, okay. Because you talked about, yeah, how we think it's interesting that Voldemort's story in the book seems to suggest that he never actually had that level of human connection with another person. And it, there jumps out to me a couple of other characters who also fit that criteria for very different reasons. Okay. And would we like to weigh in on those? Mm-hmm. Hit me. Top of the list, Albus Dumbledore. Interesting. I think he's probably a virgin. I think so as well. And that's because I think that's his whole sort of position on... I mean, he obviously he was attracted to Grindelwald, but that didn't work out. And I think that just literally just broke him. Yeah. So he wasn't able to trust himself to love another person and care for another person after that and to get close enough to another person because he was afraid that they that he would hurt them and destroy them if he did and that it's sort of i mean i'm not hugely an expert in this area but i'm wondering if that's a bit of a weird comment to do for a gay man in literature yeah yeah maybe you're more informed on this 
Well, being a gay man in literature. (laughs) (laughs) As I myself am a gay character. Well, it's interesting. There's a lot of different factors. First of all, gay men are often portrayed as highly sexual. So it's interesting that you can have a character who doesn't have a sexual element to him that we perceive in the books. I'm not saying it doesn't exist in his character, but that in his interactions with Harry and his role in the story, we don't see any sexual side of him. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's bad, but I don't know. Uh, there's also the fact that he's mm. like the principal of a school and the idea of having gay men around children or in like caring, nurturing roles like teachers and that sort of thing has been highly controversial. People hate it. People hate it. I don't know. I would say a good choice to have a principal of a school as a gay man and it doesn't even come up. It is unquestioned and there's no qualms about that. When people criticise Dumbledore as headmaster, people like Lucius Malfoy criticise him, it's because of his opinions on mm. um muggleborns and because they think he's crazy and old and senile it's yeah. not because they are afraid of the homosexual who is in the school and is around their children and is influencing them yeah. with his gay thoughts but on that we don't know if the rest of the wizarding world actually knows if dumbledore ever came out or if that's even a thing in the wizarding yeah. world because it's sort of like maybe jk knew this about dumbledore the whole time mm-hmm. and that's fine but, like, the fact that she sort of just dropped it when all the books had already been out so that yeah. readers were reading it without the idea in their head of, oh, Dumbledore is a gay man. It sort of, like, bleaches that representation. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's sort of, oh, it doesn't hit its full potential. It doesn't count. Mm. Yeah, there is no representation in the books. I I do not accept Dumbledore as representation because it's not confirmed in the canon. No. Like, you can say whatever you want and we all know that Dumbledore is a gay character, but we didn't know that when we were reading the books and it didn't help form our opinion of Dumbledore. Yeah. So when you're reading that series and when you're looking for representation and trying to see yourself in this world, you don't. It's a cop out to try and jump in years after the fact and be like, yeah, it was always there. I just didn't tell you for some reason mm. because it's not really relevant. That's not representation. No. That's flavour in your world that you're adding for you, the author, not the readers. Yeah. My consensus on Dumbledore is that he probably is a virgin, but if mm-hmm. if he ever did sleep with anyone, I think it would be like a one-night stand thing where like he's too afraid to actually get close to them <laughs> yeah. in case he kills them, basically. Yeah. We saw that Grindelwald and his attraction towards Grindelwald really messed him up in terms of his ability to form relationships. And we've talked about that a bit briefly in some other episodes, and we will do a full episode on it. Probably once we learn more from the Fantastic Beast movies, I would imagine, is when we'll start talking about Yeah, that would be interesting. But I think, yeah, if he did ever have any sort of significant other in his life or any sort of relationship, it was probably before he was headmaster at Hogwarts, during that period of time, in his, like, early, in his youth. Not his adolescence, but in his youth, when he was, like, in his 20s and 30s. Yeah. And it's not somebody that we know in the books, and it was never something that was particularly meaningful because Dumbledore wouldn't have allowed something that was particularly meaningful into his life. Okay. And the next on my list is Hagrid. Uh... (laughs) 
Um, well, there is Madame Ola Maxine. I'm going to say not a virgin. Not a virgin. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But a late bloomer. <laughs> Definitely a late bloomer. I put Hagrid on this list for very different reasons that I did with Dumbledore and Voldemort. Not because I think Hagrid is not a loving character, not because I think he's afraid of intimacy or relationships, but just because being a half giant in a world full of humans and full giants, I think it was very difficult for him to find somebody who he could have a romantic sexual relationship with. Mm -hmm. I think the only example we have in his life is Madame Maxime. I think he actually says that he's never met another half giant, which offends her very deeply. Yeah. So it's really a question of did they or not? Because I don't see any other example of who he could have slept with. I reckon so. You think so? Yeah. Set the scene. Why do you think that? Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, wasn't it sort of confirmed by JK after the series that they did get together? Madame Maxime and Hagrid? No, it was confirmed that they didn't. Oh. She said that they had a connection and they were interested in each other. But Madame Maxine ultimately wasn't interested in a relationship because he was a bit too uncouth for her tastes. She was a very fancy, dignified lady. Yeah. And he lived in a hut on a school ground. Yes. There is the class divide. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... Um, Just because they're yeah, compatible physically doesn't mean they're compatible emotionally. Mm -hmm. or I certainly think they had a connection. And especially when they were hiking through the mountains and waste to go find giants i think that was a very trying time and a time when they depended on each other a lot so i wouldn't be surprised if they did have sex during that time yeah lots of cold nights huddled around the fire <laughs> i mean <laughs> i was always surprised that madame maxim agreed to do that oh i wasn't she seemed very you weren't at all no i mean yes she's a fancy lady and she's got like she seemed to have a, a resistance to the idea of being associated with being half giant. So yeah, there was that element, but I always saw her as a very tough, willing to do anything to get the job done person. And you see that in the way that she mm -hmm. assists Fleur in the Triwizard tournament, the way that she runs the school. And like, I loved when she, um, in the books, when she entered the great hall and all the Bobaton's students were like sitting at the table, but the minute that she entered, they all stood up to attention I think that she has a, a huge respect from her students and rules her school with like a fair but iron fist. Yeah. Iron fist inside a silk glove. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was always surprised that she was willing to just abandon her life and go giant hunting through the wilderness with a man she barely knew when she was very divested from any association with her giant heritage. It seemed like she hated even the implication that she was half giant, never mind going to actually find and talk to full-blooded giants and try and negotiate with them. Mm. But Dumbledore asked her to. Dumbledore asked her to. And I suppose if you consider that she was 100% committed to the idea of Voldemort cannot return, he cannot rise to power, here is something that only I can do. So it's not a matter of, oh, if I don't do it, there'll be 20 other volunteers lined up. Only I am in a position to negotiate with this. So of course I'll do whatever I have to. Yeah. That makes sense. Whether or not she banged Hagrid while they were alone in the caves together, I think probably she did as well because of the same reasons. Mm. Like a one-time thing. 
Yeah. Well, a similar thing. I don't know if she's ever met any other half giants and ever had an opportunity to have a sexual relationship. So I can see her being interested in experimenting in the same sort of way that Hagrid would be, even if ultimately they don't have a lasting romantic connection. Glad we cleared that up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Third and final on my list of suspected virgins, Snape. Oh no, you got me. I did also consider putting Filch on here, but I don't want to talk about Filch's <laughs> sexual escapade. We can if you want to. Uh, I think Snape isn't a virgin, but he only has sex with redheads. <laughs> Pictures in his belly. Uh, it's so gross. Yeah. I hate it. I know, it's mm, same. <laughs> And it's, like, a regretful thing. Like, he never enjoys it, really. No. Like, he just sort of regrets it as soon as he does it. <laughs> Cries himself to sleep afterwards. They leave. Ugh. Ugh. Unpleasant. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, I agree 100%. I think he's slept with <laughs> other redheads pretending they're Lily, and it's so fucking sad and disgusting. <laughs> truly the bravest man I ever knew oh stop (laughs) (laughs) this has been the worst episode we've ever done (laughs) I hate it I've been having a great time not really why did we choose this topic again (laughs) we didn't my friends did oh yeah would we like to give a shout out to your friend who chose the topic of this episode friends and no (laughs) No, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. Look what you've done. <laughs> Thanks, listeners. I've been Jem, your uh, disgusted host. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Rhea, and I feel no shame, <laughs> only joy. Thanks for listening to Podcast Nine and Three Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at nine and three quarters podcast at gmail.com or talk to us separately. Jem is on our Tumblr page, podcast nine and three quarters dot com, and Rhea is on Twitter at SmashmouthRhea. I have a Twitter now, guys. You can tweet me and I'll reply. Please feel free to send theories or ask questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the sea to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was Meeting Tom Riddle by John Williams, and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.